This is a Lip Media Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you don't mind, I don't know why I'm speaking like this, but apparently staying at home for long periods of time is not good for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. My name is Madeline Sherrington, and I am the host of If You Don't Mind, the podcast you're currently listening to. But on a serious note, I think it has been quite difficult these last few weeks for a lot of people living in isolation. I really... Um, I'm constantly thinking about people who are living by themselves or living in stressful home situations. And I, I really, I really hope, um, you're all doing okay. It's just, it's, it's a crappy situation. It really is. But, um, I think we're doing well. I definitely know, at least in Australia, we're, we're, we're getting somewhere when it comes to flattening that curve. So that's really, really great. Um, and you're obviously here right now because you want to listen to a really cool inspiring story and I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to give that to you. On today's episode, you are going to hear me speaking to the lovely Harani. Um she is really lovely and sweet and bubbly and was like just a just very nice to chat to. I think it was one of those situations where and this is what I always aim for in the show. And I don't always succeed at it, but I think I did this time and that is having a conversation. I I really don't like to say that my podcast is an interview podcast because what I really want to do is be having open conversations and I think we did that. We both have such a, a similar experience when it comes to anxiety and panic and that was really cool to, to chat about. Um, Harani basically opened up to me about being very young when she first developed depression and, and how she dealt with that in her final years of school um, up to only quite recently when she realized she was living with a pretty severe case of panic and and anxiety and how she got treatment for that and all the things she does now to kind of keep herself centered and and how much she loves sharing her story with other people. So it was so cool to chat to her. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Just in terms of a trigger warning, we talk about anxiety, uh, depression, panic. There's a little bit um, of a mention of self-harm as well. So if that's something you're not quite ready to listen to today, that's that's fine. Just come back when you are okay. Let's get going. Let's get a new episode out there. This is Harani. I hope you like it. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I'm in, I had to make this stupid blanket fort again. Um, so every time I do an episode right now, I have to film them under a blanket, sorry, record them under a blanket (laughs) because, uh, this is just a little bit of insight into the world of sound. You need like good, like a a nice tight knit space to kind of record in. 
Um, so is that why they have like padded walls yes. in like a professional studio? Yes. It's so oh. like the, the sound isn't bouncing everywhere because otherwise you get yeah. this like really intense echo. So literally for every episode that I've recorded at home, I get two chairs and I put a blanket over it and I <laughs> And must be cozy. It is cozy, but my back is not cut out for this life anymore. No. <laughs> I haven't sit, I haven't sat cross-legged like this in primary school. So every few minutes, I'm like, oh, I just have to stretch. As the body grow old, grows older, gets less flexible. Does it really? Is that why? That yeah, I, is probably. That why I'm in pain. <laughs> oh, that's probably why I'm in pain every day, just from sitting mm-hmm. down. But you know, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Let's get started. Uh, Harani, welcome to If You Don't Mind. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Are you excited to be here? Yeah, I am. Uh, minus the nerves, I'm pretty excited. Don't be nervous. Um, <laughs> we've sp- I mean, we've spoken before, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, um, you're not a stranger. Yeah, I can't imagine speaking to someone I've like, no. never <laughs> spoken to before. <laughs> like, I have to chat to everyone beforehand. Otherwise, I find it would be so strange just not knowing what the person's going to sound like, what they're going to be like. Um, but yeah, as I said, welcome to the show. I guess I just wanted to start off by uh, asking you, you know, who you are, what you do, what you're about, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so my name's Hirani. Um, I'm 22 and I live in Mackay. So that is in Queensland, very far away from you. <laughs> um, so Mackay has pretty beautiful beaches and it's just a small community here um just what i need um i'm a nursing student so i'm in my second year oh wow congratulations that's so thank cool. you yeah it's it's slow but it's good <laughs> hey, <laughs> not much i can say no but you know what you're gonna be out there saving lives so good for you yeah yeah hopefully um but yeah so basically i just study full-time and that's my life these days anyway. And don't you have like a little business as well? Yeah, so I actually have a bit of a side hustle. Oh, good for you. Um, so it's macrame. Oh, what is that? Um, Can you tell our listeners what that is? So macrame is like, it's like cool things made out of rope. Oh. So I make like plant hangers, um... And you can add, like, cool little beads on them. Um, you probably have seen, like, um, the big wall hangings before. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so things like that. Oh, do you have a store? Maybe I should check it out after this. I do have an Instagram page. Oh, okay. Yes, it's called Knotted. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. Yeah, okay. it was a nice um, quick name I come up with. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that up after this because I definitely. have recently become a plant lover. No, I've, I've always loved plants, but I've never invested the time and the money into having them. But after going into like essentially lockdown, I was like, I need plants around me. <laughs> I need to be a plant mum. I need to be a plant mum. So I'm looking at like lots of cute things to do with them, but I feel like a little hang, like something to hang it in would be really nice. Yes, well, I can hook you up. Oh, amazing. Okay. Post it down. Beautiful. I'm so excited. <laughs> could talk about fun craft for ages. I'm actually yeah. doing um, some embroidery now. I've decided to take up embroidery. Oh, wow. cross-stitch. So I have my first little cross-stitch kit that I'm doing right now. I'm very excited and happy with it. 
So what's cross stitch? It's like it's like um like it's kind of like you just you just have like a piece of cloth and then there's like a there's like a kind of outline and you just got to stitch in it. I'm not explaining it very well, but it's kind of like filling in the blanks with stitches. So it sounds therapeutic anyway. It's very therapeutic because literally I just sit there and I just just I just do it like I'm not paying attention to anything else around me. It's very it's very beautiful and almost like mindfulness except That's exactly like macrame. You kind of just go at it and you literally do not think about anything else. Yeah, like I I look up at the clock and I'm like, "Oh, I've been sitting here for a Yeah. <laughs> Am I lazy so or creative? It's both. It's both. Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, we could, as I said, talk about craft for ages, but we, we are here <laughs> for a reason, and that is to talk about um, your your experiences and your journey. Um, it was really cool because I think when we were speaking the other day, a lot of what you were saying, it just resonated so much with me in the sense that I've I've had so many similar experiences to you. Yeah. Um, for, for people listening, we were talking about how we've both gone to hospital because we've had panic attacks that we've mistaken as as heart attacks. Yes, yeah. Like, I know how scary that is, and I think I've spoken about it before, but, like, yeah, what's that like for you? Do you Can you kind of outline the feeling that you get when you have that, that intense panic and, and why you thought it could have been, like, a, a heart attack? Um, so, basically, I – so, before my little episode of thinking I had a heart attack – Yes. Um, I ha- I always had uh, some form of anxiety, but I just started to develop um, like really bad panic panic attacks, and I was mm. constantly panicking over just anything, and I just had constant symptoms of like sweating and like my palms were constantly sweaty, and um, I think I kind of just worked myself up to the point where like. I had chest pain and then as soon as I started to get chest pain, obviously, as we do, we Google. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, yes, we do. <laughs> so the first thing I saw was heart attack and anxiety and Google don't mix. No. Uh, don't recommend. <laughs> so basically, I think it was a mixture of just constant worry um, constant googling and researching which was so unnecessary um and it was just a build-up of probably a few days and I was at work one day so I worked at the dentist Mm. um and I was in with a patient and I just remember my mind was just like my mind wasn't actually at work it was just like constantly thinking about oh my god like I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack so Mm my mind was just in like fight or flight mode. Um, I started to feel really, really dizzy and I had stood up from my chair and I kind of felt, um, like tingles down my arm. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. So here was, here I was thinking, okay, yep, this is it. I'm literally going to have a heart attack right now. Um, and I just kind of started feeling like I wasn't in control of my own body. Like I just felt like I was literally losing it. Um, and the only thing I felt like I could do right then and there is just run outside and get some fresh air. Mm. Um, obviously everyone at work was like, Oh my God, what's going on? 
Um, and I just said, oh, I just don't feel right. And that was always my thing is I just don't feel right. Mm. Um, so they kind of just got me a drink of water, sat me down. Um, they called my partner and I think he kind of already knew what was going on because he knows I'm a bit of a panicker. <laughs> um, so he came and picked me up from work. Um, I, I just, I couldn't even drive. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Um, I was just in such a panic. Um, and basically we went home and I couldn't go inside. I just had this fear of if I go inside, I'm going to have a heart attack. So I need to stay outside. Really? Yeah, it was okay. it was scary. Like so there was just be in like a like a, a very big open space. You could yes, enclosed space. That's what it was. I think it was the feeling of being enclosed and like under a roof. It mm. f- made me feel like it was gonna trigger something. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of stayed home for the afternoon. And I freaked myself out even more. So I said, look, I need to go to the hospital. And then Cody took me to the hospital and they monitored me um, on an ECG. And they said, look, everything's fine. You need to go to your doctor and see them for anxiety. And how did you react to that? Because I know when I, they told me that, I was like, shut the fuck up. There's something yeah. wrong with me. <laughs> Get out. Do, another Do test. that test again. <laughs> Do the test again. Because, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. No, I think if anything, I was relieved yeah. because it was like, okay, I am not going to die of a heart attack. Mm. Um, but I should have mentioned a week before that I had already gone to the doctor um, for the chest pain and she actually put me on this um, heart monitor overnight so they oh, put yes. these yes i've used that one. Oh uh, yeah i don't know what they're like a li- little tamagotchi <laughs> <laughs> so i had to wear that um for a whole day uh overnight when i was asleep and then took it back and they did the results i'm pretty sure um so basically from there to the hospital that was probably a week. So I think um, from going to the doctor and the hospital, I just had freaked myself out. A hundred percent. And it's like, it's so real. It feels so real. Like it does. I can't, I can't explain it. Like I can give people the symptomology, right? Like you can be like, yeah, sweaty hands, like fast heart rate, all that kind of stuff. You can tell them the symptoms, but it's not just the symptoms. It's just this feeling that you were literally going to die. Literally. That is so overpowering and so overwhelming. And you can't, like, I'm sorry, but you just can't be told, like, it's a panic attack. Like, no, you realise that's what they are because you do eventually come to that conclusion. You're like, okay, probably not my heart if I've done enough. (laughs) I am young. (laughs) Young. Like, I love when they're like, you're young. You're like 24. Like, go home. (laughs) Like, you're fine. I'm like, well, I'm not because it's not normal (laughs) to have these symptoms. And that's the thing as well. Like, if you don't know what a panic attack is and all you – all you know about like a racing heart and sweating is like that could mean a heart attack. 
it's pretty normal for you to then assume that you've got a heart attack. Like Exactly. I and I think sense. that I reckon you can give yourself symptoms of whatever you read. Yes. So if you read, if you've got major anxiety and you're a bit of a hypochondriac, you can go into Google and Google brain tumor and you'll probably give yourself symptoms of a brain tumor. Yeah, you'll have a tension headache. Yeah, like exactly. Stressing about it and headaches are a symptom of tumors. And exactly. It's this self-fulfilling prophecy of like you can literally convince yourself of anything and you will at times experience those somatic symptoms where they're not really there but you've somehow convinced yourself that they are. Exactly. And I think once you have that in your mind – you just can't talk yourself out of it. It's constantly just there reminding you. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's the thing with anxiety. There is that element of obsessiveness. Yes. Because, Obs- yeah. Because you effectively, like the way I explain it to people is the reason you're anxious is because you're worried that there's something happening in your body and you're not really sure what's going on, but you have to do something about it because if you don't and you leave it and something goes wrong, well, that's your fault. Yeah, exactly. If, if you go out there and you insist on getting tested and treated, like at least you kind of like you have control. Like you're like, I know something's going on, but at least I'm trying to figure it out and get it fixed. Yeah. And it's just, but you're right, it's so overwhelming how much it kind of takes over and, and makes you feel like it's definitely happening. Definitely. It's just being in that constant frame of worry. Yeah. And they say that anxiety is worrying about the future, mm. which is so true. Like you, you obviously worried you're gonna you're gonna die or something. Like, yeah, I think yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, I I've spoken about this in previous episodes, but obviously, what triggered my my breakdown was 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 drugs. And I think the thing is, what happens is you realize when something really bad happens to you. It could be a car accident. It could be you getting sick. It could be an overdose, anything like that. You realize you're in mortality. And that was something for me. Like when I real, once I realized that I was not invincible, I was then like, oh, okay, so lots of things can kill me and I need to be really careful. And I feel like it's very hard to then get back from that point. Like you're always thinking then about how could this impact on my health, my body, my life, like my life. Yeah. And I think like when you have anxiety, you stress about every little tiny thing on your body and every little twitch and glitch in your body, you automatically think, oh, no, that's it. I'm going to die or no, I've got cancer. Yeah. It's so and – and you say it out loud, loud and you're like, oh, it sounds so yeah. ridiculous. But it's so, it's so powerful. I – I I still struggle to explain it to people because it's like nothing I've ever felt. It's like that. It's like a it's like a thirst for water. Like if you're thirsty, you will search out. Like you will search for water. You will find water and you'll get to water. It's the same thing with anxiety. If you feel that need to 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 figure out what's going on with you, if you if you're scared something's happening with you, you will stop. You will not stop until you've like either figure out what it is or like confirm that you're fine like you just can't do anything else no you can't you can't just leave it where people don't that don't really have experience with anxiety it's easy for them to sit back and say like it's okay like don't stress about it yeah 
you know. Oh, thanks. I'm fixing yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so much better. Cheers. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, and it's, 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 it's amazing because I feel like I have this conversation with so many young women in particular and it's, it, it makes me think like what is happening in society that is allowing us young women to get to this point where we are so terrified and so anxious about so many things it it concerns me that like what's happening in our upbringing what's happening in our society that is causing us to feel this way and to mm-hmm. to, to develop negative thinking i definitely think um social media is a massive contribution to how we all feel these days yeah whether it's negative or positive Definitely. And just like access to information, I think as well. Exactly. It's such a big thing. Um, I guess. Okay. So let's, let's backtrack a bit. Let's go back to kind of, cause I did, I really wanted to kind of, you know, talk to you about, you know, getting, having these crazy panic attacks and the, the physical side of the fun this. stuff, yeah, the fun stuff. But I guess I wanted to talk to you about growing up and that kind of thing. And, and mm-hmm. when, when you've started feeling, um, I guess when you started to notice symptoms regarding depression and anxiety first. So when I look back at it now, I have always kind of been the like I was I was pretty fun kid, I'll admit, but <laughs> I I always had this introvert side to me where I um I was very sensitive and I was, I was always sad. Um, just about anything. There wasn't, it didn't have to be a particular reason. I just always had a feeling like, um, I didn't kind of belong Mm. in certain places and, um, yeah, like I just feel like emotionally I probably wasn't stable like some kids were. Mm -hmm. I mean, which kids are mostly stable, (laughs) but (laughs) but I, yeah, I, I always just had a feeling of um, probably just not belonging. Okay. And so when you were younger, like, do you kind of try and talk to your parents and, like, did you did you try to kind of figure out exactly what was going on with you or was it kind of one of those things where you're like, I guess this is just me, I'll deal with it? Well, I just felt I, like kind of like an outs, outsider. I don't know if you can relate to that or not. Yeah. Um, but I I do I did recognize that I was an outsider and sometimes I would just randomly cry and you know dad would say oh what's the matter um but I didn't know how to speak out I just thought I was just sad yeah um because people, I don't know it's normal to cry <laughs> <laughs> Oh, totally. I know. It's so it's so confusing when you're a kid and your parents don't really get why. I know. And especially like if you come from like a, I don't know, like for like of a better term, like a happy family and yeah. everything's good and you're just like, why am I sad? And they're like, why are you sad? Yeah. Um, no, I totally get it. I guess um, so something that you, you talked about um, in, this, uh, in this form you filled out for me was your last year of high school. So I guess I kind of wanted to ask you about what happened there and, and how that kind of set you on a, a trajectory in terms of dealing with um, mental illness and addressing your mental health. So, yeah, year 12, which was oh, how many years ago? 2013. Um, old. Well, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. 
it was a tough year, I must admit, tougher than the years I had ever experienced before. Mm. Um, and I suppose it was a mixture of, you know, girl hormones, um, uh, t- you know, teenage girls can be a little bit savage sometimes. Yes, and, they can. Yeah, yeah, she's... Just a lot of feelings that I struggled with, um, mainly depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was obviously linked to not having much self-esteem. I definitely wasn't happy with myself at all. Mm. Um, I, I really, really struggled to look at myself positively, um, emotionally and physically. Um, in year 12, I... I had body image issues because I had quite large boobs back then. Mm. Um, So that really got me down because I just, you know, I couldn't wear the nice things that all the girls would wear in year 12. Um, I just, yeah, I just hated myself. It's like didn't feel comfortable in your body. No, not at all. And, yeah, I I think from that um, I climbed into this little shell and I got stuck there for basically a whole year. Wow. Um, yeah, it was quite, it was quite bad. I, yeah, I I think I attended high school for probably half of the year. Really? Yeah. And a big chunk of time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, it was an effort definitely. And, you know, mum got to the point where, she just wouldn't even come to my room in the morning to wake me up. She just knew that I wouldn't get out of bed because I just couldn't. Hmm. And were you, uh, were you trying to kind of access, like, mental health services during this period of time or were you kind of just like, I'll figure it out by myself? I think at the start I didn't actually – like, I knew something was up. I knew I had hmm. started getting anxiety. I wasn't really sleeping that well. Um, I didn't really think much of depression at that point, but because it runs very strongly in my family, Mm. um, mum knew what was going on before I did. So she took me to my GP, um, which gave me access to Headspace. Yes. Um, and I found a really great counsellor. Um, who I, I really got along with. And um, while I was doing counselling sessions, so I would do that once to twice a week mm-hmm. from what I remember. Um, and then I was put on different medications, but it was a fight to get me on medication because I refused. Why were you were you kind of scared of what it would do to you and just the unknown? Yeah, I think it was just... The my my mindset has obviously changed now. Like medication is totally okay. Yeah. Um. But back then, I just had this really negative view on medicating mental illness. Obviously, because I just wasn't educated, and my dad's whole side of the family is basically um all medicated for depression. Yeah. Um, and I always said, like, oh, I really hope I'm not like that. So I suppose it comes from that. Mm. Yep. And medication is also kind of like 
it's there's such a, a huge stereotype that comes with it like you kind of you're like oh I'm I'm a medicated person like I'm yeah. I'm a person who needs medication to to function it's kind of like before you realize that that's okay there's so much stigma attached to it definitely and you know so many people have a negative outlook on it because they think oh I don't want medication to control my life like it's not actually controlling your life it's it's helping you yeah it's let it's allowing you to function but definitely I, I, I think you're right like I struggled too I thought my GP was like you need to take this and I was like I think I'll just I'll just keep going for a walk and hopefully yeah. <laughs> eventually the environment will fix me like no just take this and I was I had to, I had to fight with my parents too because it's funny like my dad is one of these people who will who will listen to a doctor to a fault like he will be like if the doctor says it it's gospel yeah um, and so you have to do it exactly and he'd come to an appointment with me and he'd heard what the doctor had said and he's like well that's what you're doing <laughs> and I was like fuck that no I'm not that sounds make terrible. me and then telling you all about the side effects and you're googling the side effects and oh no yeah no. I think that's the thing as well a lot of people think the side effects affect everyone mm. when the side effects don't usually happen. And if they do, it's only for a few days because you're literally taking something your never body, oh, sorry, your body's never taken before. Yeah, it's adjusting to it. Like very, exactly. very few of the side effects are long-term. Like I think the only ones that are kind of persistent are like things with like energy and weight gain but the rest of them are kind of usually only for the first few weeks worst case scenario and they dissipate but i still would like read the pamphlets and it would be like severe reaction yeah Uh, stop but people stop breathing and i'm like what why do i take this shit don't ever like that's what i always tell people if someone's starting a new antidepressant i'm like don't google it you'll find off just take it you'll find exactly you'll find a forum where people discuss how terrible it was and how they knew this person who knew this other person who like died because they took this drug and you will scare yourself shitless so don't do that trust bloody them. google i know <laughs> kills us i know it's like so good but also so bad yeah um okay so you, your 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 mum had kind of identified it before you even realized it oh 100 and you know mum's no best yes um she she knew kind of from the day that i started having these low moods and Mm. um hiding away my room was probably an indicator to mum that I was going through something Mm. um so she kind of started butting in and trying to you know talk to me and you know being a teenage girl you're like oh get the fuck out of my room like leave me alone just let me be (laughs) (laughs) so my mum and I clashed a fair bit just because she was of. She knew what was going on. She was trying to help me before I dug myself a bigger hole. But mm. me being me, stubborn, I argued with her, and that made it worse for me. <laughs> I guess it would be so hard for them as well because it's like, at what point is a teenager staying in their room for a long time like normal? Because we all did it. Yeah. Like we just want to be alone. Exactly. At, at what point does it become, I guess, an issue? And for that, I guess, in your situation, it was becoming an issue. Yeah. Um, and it would be very scary for a parent to 
to realize what's happening to their child. And I guess you would, as a parent, you would just feel so helpless because you know exactly what's going on. Like no one knows your child more than you. And I think just knowing what their mind is going through and you, they're not letting you help them. Like that would probably make me angry as a parent, to be honest. Like I would probably lose my patience in the end. And I think that's what my mum did. Definitely. I think it's very normal for people. Like if you're living with someone who's going through a rough period or that they're living with a pretty severe mental illness, it can be very frustrating because I guess as the well person, you want to come in and you want to fix that and you want to, make everything okay but obviously what we learn is mental illness is not a just fix it and move on kind of thing it's a very complicated uh intricate thing that you deal with and you kind of go up and down and up and down and sideways and backwards that kind of thing so i think for people who don't experience it it can be very frustrating because it doesn't make sense and i think you know it's easy for people that don't experience it to say things like, oh, it'll be okay. Like, come on, let's just, let's get up and come out to the lounge room. And, you know, it's easy for them to encourage you to do things. But when you're in a shit frame of mind, you just want nothing but to just be on your own. As bad as it is for yourself, you just want to be on your own. Oh, yeah, 100%. I totally get that. And how is this affecting, obviously, like school? Because year 12 is the big one, as they like to tell us. Yeah. With school, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of sick days. There was a lot of going home and uh, mum picking me up because I just, you know, I just wanted to cry. Yeah. Um, I just mentally couldn't cope with being at school around people. Um, Were your teachers supportive? Did they understand what was going on? Uh, to a to an extent, you know, I I got to a point where I was actually lightly self-harming yeah um and I think some of my teachers actually seen you know the marks yeah and they had kind of caught on by then Mm. um but I feel like no questions were raised as yeah I don't know I don't really remember but school was fine but yeah it didn't affect year 12 that's good I mean yeah silver lining I passed (laughs) yay (laughs) Um, so yeah, I guess, so you were obviously very depressed and, and, and self-harming. I'm, I'm sorry that was happening for you. That sounds really scary. Yeah, it was, it was a very, very, very dark place and I've, I can't say I've ever been there again. Yeah. And I think that's because, you know, I, I now know how to handle myself, um, Whereas back then, you know, I wasn't educated. I wasn't, I didn't care about myself. I didn't really care where I would end up. Um, I, yeah, I just felt like there was no future at all for me back there. And when did things kind of start to get better? Or, I mean, I know because obviously you've had a few years now of, of traversing this whole terrain. But mm-hmm. when did you kind of start to get out of that that particular bad patch uh or how did you do that trying to think back so i left i finished year 12 um i kind of you know had a couple of episodes when i finished school and what added to that was you know not having a job um 
you know, a lot of my friends were at uni and living their best life. And I was kind of just like, well, what the hell am I doing? So it was probably until I got a job as a dental assistant that I started to, um, I noticed that I developed so many skills, like people skills. I had a purpose. Um, my lovely partner started taking me to the gym. Um, and I think the minute I started going to the gym, as much as I hated it at the time, (laughs) um, my mind just absolutely loved it. Um, and then obviously I started losing weight. So like my big boobs were gone and I just like the gym was literally my escape at that time. It's not anymore because I'm not really a gym person anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been one. That's okay. That's really cool that you've had your your partner. So how long have you been with your partner for since you were 17? Um, Yes. So that makes seven years. Oh, sorry, six years. Wow. So he's been with you through this whole journey. He has. And honestly, if it wasn't for him, I do not even want to know what had happened to me. But he... He has gone through it before. He's gone through different medications, different psychologists. Um, he had an episode where he couldn't go to school. Um, yeah, he literally experienced it all. So he he never questioned me. Mm. He just knew what to say. He knew how to comfort me. It wasn't forceful like it he wasn't sitting there saying what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong yeah it was kind of like it's okay you'll get through this I know how you feel and it's so important it's it so is important. and he was so so patient um just with like I would have panic attacks on like I he would have to drag me out of the house basically because I I literally just couldn't leave the house mm. um and he was so patient he was so encouraging of um just doing things that were good for me and trying to help me be a better person and love myself um and he still does that's beautiful and he's your fiance now yeah he is that is so lovely and I think that's the thing I mean we talk about all the time about having that support network and having people who support you but if you have someone in your corner who's been through it and like gets it it's so important like my 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 partner has not he is uh no he's he's great but he's not experienced that but I I do have a few friends who have gone through the same thing and it's so nice to know that you don't have to explain you don't have to you know go into depth they just get it i think that's what you need when you go through that you just need you don't need questioning you just need someone to just be there and you're probably like me you'll talk when you're ready yes or talk all the time yeah (laughs) it's one or the other i also do (laughs) yeah shut me up um so i guess when you to kind of go forward again and 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 take off from after you had that episode with mm-hmm. you know checking your heart and that kind of thing um so yeah I guess once once you'd, you'd been to hospital and you'd figured out that it wasn't a heart attack <laughs> I wasn't dying you weren't dying did you kind of have to all can I is that your dog in the background oh 
I'm so sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> What's his name or her name? I've got Knox and Thelma. Oh, what, what breed are they? <laughs> they are American Staffies. Stop it. I love American Staffies. I told them, don't talk for the next oh, hour. It's okay. I don't really care. I love them so much. They can talk as much as they want. Lightens the mood. They're beautiful. Um, I have a. I always talk about my half Staffy, half Kelpie Mac, who is light of my life, and he's half Staffy, half Kelpie. Yeah, he's he's wow. literally nuts. It's great. That would be a really cute mix. Yeah, he's really cute. He's the cutest thing in the world, and I am obsessed with him. He's my son. <laughs> Don't know about. Don't worry. I've got a. A dog son and a dog daughter too. Yeah, like I tell people I'm not really sold on the whole kids thing, but I'm <laughs> really sold on the whole having dogs for the rest of my life yeah. thing. Give me all the dogs in the world. Literally. No cats, please. Just dogs. Yeah, just um, dogs. Just dogs. So I guess after that had happened, um, did you kind of think to yourself, okay, I kind of got to look at a different way of dealing with this? So, and did you kind of start to go down a different road in terms of getting – treatment and, and figuring out how to deal with your anxious mind um so after that so after the hospital mm-hmm. I had a doctor's appointment um about my little heart monitor Tamagotchi thing that I had on mm-hmm. um, before the hospital and she goes oh I can see that you went to the hospital <laughs> I was like yeah, yes I did yes. <laughs> I was like thought I was having a heart attack and she goes we're going to do something about your anxiety today. I was like, okay, what do you got? (laughs) So she basically had put me on three different medications. Wow. Um, Yeah, it was actually, now I think of it, three different medications. That's crazy. Um, So one was for heart palpitations. Um, Basically that one was to calm me when... Oh, I had to take it once a day. So, yeah, it was basically just to slow my nervous system down. Mm. Um, apparently people take it before exams and stuff. Yes, um, it's like a – it's like propranol. Yes, that one. Oh, I can't say some, the word. For something. For something. Propranol. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Sounds, that sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it was that. So it was the that P word thing. And an antidepressant and an anxiety medication. I'm completely forgot what it's called. Probably um, called Valium. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's so funny. Took... I literally had the exact same thing prescribed to me. Wow. Yeah, literally the same. We're pretty awesome, aren't we? We're really great. Life's been hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look so, at us now. Continue. Blossoming. Continue. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I was put on those medications as well as going to see someone. Um, it did take a while for that medication to kind of settle in. Uh, during kind of in the time of it just being new to my body, mm. um, my anxiety levels were still quite high. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you've got all these new foreign things in your body and you're also Googling the million things about them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> don't recommend. No, don't do it. Um, it took me quite some time, uh, maybe oh, three weeks. And I suppose from then I adopted a few habits like um, reading some books. So I went to the shopping center one day 
and I picked up I picked up a book and I still have it to this day. I still read it. Mm. Um, it's called I Want to Be Calm. Oh. And that was my saviour. Like that was my first ever self-help. Like I'd never heard of self-help books before <laughs> until this moment. <laughs> so I picked this book up and I, I, I literally I was just so calm the, the minute I started reading it. Like it talks about um, obviously being calm, um, <laughs> panic attacks, anxiety, um, your nervous system. Like it basically just educates you on how you're feeling. Yeah. And I think once you're educated and you learn about the way you're feeling, you kind of look at it from a different perspective. Yes. It uh, well, it works for me anyway. It's a totally new thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like you've unlocked this new, like, secret. And that's what it felt like. I was just like, oh, my God, I, I'm a new woman. <laughs> <laughs> this book. <laughs> and I just wanted to share it with the world. So... I I think I spent every day at the bookshop looking for more and more and more self-help books, hence why I have a whole bookshelf full. Um, but it's great because I actually still look back to them these days, um, you know, if I'm having a bit of a shit day. Yeah. Um, but books, self-help books were probably my number one saviour throughout that whole thing. That's so interesting. It's just so cool yeah. how, like, so many different people have so many different things that they rely on yeah and that was your thing yeah and you know like some people think of books like oh 10 gazillion words yuck get away from me but these books you know they're light reading there's only a couple of words a page so I think that's what attracted me to them is they were just little bits on each page you weren't you know filling your brain with a thousand words on one page Mm. um each page I opened, it was just so interesting and easy to read. Um, so cool. I love yeah. that. No, that's cool because I think also what it is is you're just you're just so thirsty for knowledge and you're so thirsty for answers and you just want to read and understand your body and what it's doing in your mind and it's so cool when you figure it out. Definitely. I think it's, yeah, just – you just want to know more and more and more. And the more you learn, the better you feel about yourself because you kind of have an understanding of, you know, why you feel so panicky, mm. um, why are you sweaty and why you might feel a little bit down and how, you know, how depression works in the brain. And, yeah, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, knowledge is power, 100%. It like, is. I, on the last season, I interviewed this, uh, one of my good friends, Drew, and she talks about how for her, with her panic disorder, when she realized how to breathe, like when someone explained to her that breathing is so important when it comes to dealing with anxiety, it just unlocked so much for her. And that's the thing, like we just don't have the tools. We don't have the knowledge. No. And when we do, it's it's amazing. And that's what... I've tried to give people like after my experience is kind of pass my tools and tricks and tips onto them because, you know, when you feel so shit, you, you don't have anyone that you feel like understands you. Mm. And, you know, when you, um, sorry, 
when you when you come out the read, other side, you want to help people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you when you look at something that relates to you, I think instantly then you feel a little bit better about yourself. Yes, and that's the thing. That's I mean, again, I keep saying it. This is this is the point of this podcast is you can go and. And I always tell people, you don't have to listen to them all. It's more like mm-hmm. finding the ones you think that are going that to be relevant relate to, to you. Yeah. Knowing that it's not just you. Like I always say that mental, the, the worst thing about mental illness is the feeling that you are only, the, the, you're the only person to have ever gone through it. It's so isolating. And when you it's, realize, Yeah, it's a lonely feeling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so, so lonely. And when you realize that there are other people going through it out there, it doesn't fix it, but it just makes you feel less alone. Definitely, definitely. Um, and you've done like a really great job of like kind of blogging about this, haven't you? Because I know you've got quite a prolific uh, collection of st- things written through Medium, like you use Medium, that online platform. Yeah. Um, what's that been like for you? Have you really enjoyed that? Um, yeah, so I wrote my first blog. I've always been a little bit of a writer, I suppose, like just write, you know, writing little diary entries and mm. um, writing my thoughts down. Like I still have a little black book from when I was, you know, experienced my little episode in year 12 and Mm. I would just write and write and write and like I still have that. So I published my first blog in 2017 Um, and I feel like that just gave me so much power um, because, you know, I was posting it on my Facebook page and Instagram and a lot of my friends on there were saying like that's really that's really great and I've actually experienced this before and thank you so much you've helped me and wow. I've yeah I had messages saying like please make sure you write more blogs because this really helps me so I suppose um seeing that it just gave me so much power and I just thought like wow I can actually help other people too as well as myself that's amazing. I love that. That's the thing, again, like sharing that wealth of knowledge with people. Yeah. It's so important. It, um, like it's not only benefiting you, it's benefiting other people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's very cathartic um, to get that stuff off your chest, but also really cool when people get to read it and they're like, hey, that's what I'm going yeah. through. And I've read some of your stuff and it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's it's raw, but yeah, I, I once I get stuck into a blog, I just, I don't stop. Good for you. I like yeah. it. I'm impressed. Um, look, we're nearly out of time. God, that has gone so fast. I know. Did we just start? I feel like we just started. We've been talking for over 50 minutes. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is what I will ask every guest, um, and that is to anyone who's kind of going through that – That um, sorry, I'll phrase that again. I guess to anyone out there who is experiencing – really severe panic and anxiety and is really scared and, and doesn't really know what to do about it, what would you say is uh, – what was some advice that you'd give them? So if you're, if you're currently struggling with, you know, you might be a little bit paranoid, you might be anxious and, you know, literally going out of your mind, um, you're feeling panicky, I think – the best thing you can literally do at that point in time is just breathe. I know it sounds stupid. No. Obviously, we breathe all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, download, download 
an app that's going to teach you how to breathe. And if that doesn't interest you at all, fair enough, because it probably wouldn't have five years ago, boring. <laughs> um, I think the best thing to do is just reach out, go see a GP, get, see what they say. They might, you know, they might direct you to a counsellor. They might direct you to a psychologist um, or find someone that actually has been through things like that. So mm. the way I found out people experience these the same things that I do, um, I, I went on to Medium and I just literally looked up depression, um, panic, um, anxiety, whatever, whatever you're feeling. I think it's good to read people's stories mm. um, just to be able to relate and it gives you a bit of a sense of relief. Um, I feel like the fear and the panic kind of uh, goes away because, you know, you're not alone. There is other people out there that are literally feeling the same as you. So, mm. um, yeah, just I think the best thing you can do is reach out and do something to distract your mind, um, change your change your routine in your day. If you sleep in till 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, um, set your alarm, get up, make your bed. Whether you want to go back to bed later, that's totally okay. But just give yourself a little bit of structure through the day. And it doesn't have to be, you know, strict. You don't have to get up and do a bloody hit workout and yoga and <laughs> breathe and yeah, whatever. Chill out. Just Yeah. Just find something that interests you. Like, if you want to learn how to, I don't know, what would you want to learn? If you want to learn how to how knit. to sew, oh, yeah. sew or knit, yeah. take it up. Just, I think with mental health, it's all about distracting your mind away from all the bad thoughts that come. Mm. And when you're going through such a shit time, there's nothing else that you feel like doing but to just be on your own and just dwell on those thoughts. And that's exactly what I did. I sat there and I dwelled and I dwelled and, you know, it led to serious stuff like hurting myself and, mm. you know, that gets you absolutely nowhere. It gives you a little bit of satisfaction for five seconds, um, but realistically it does nothing for you. So I think you should. You just need to give yourself a little bit of routine Distract your mind and just relax. Yes. Chill out, girl. <laughs> 100%. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. Rani, it was, it was so lovely to speak to you. You've been It was nice. Gem. Yes. Thank you. Sorry about my technical issues earlier. Um, no, and also I really appreciate the fact that the dogs featured. They're our first <laughs> dogs on the show. Oh, really? So welcome. Yeah. I God, if you would have told me you love dogs, oh, they probably would have sung to you. That would have been lovely. <laughs> Send me a video later. I will. I will. Stalk my Insta. You'll see them on there. Okay, I will. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I really, really appreciate you um, taking the time to chat. No, thank you. It was such a pleasure and I really hope I could possibly help someone. I think you will. Or some people. I think you will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Don't actually go. You don't have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you like that episode. She's super cute. 
And I also love the fact that she is a dog lover and that her dogs featured in that episode. I think that those are the first dogs to feature, which is pretty exciting. If you know me, uh, any chance for a dog to be involved, I'm I'm happy with. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was an absolute gem to speak to, and I hope, and I hope that someone listening has has felt validated in their story and and has been able to empathize with um, what Harani went through. So a great one, I think. Um, okay, well before I go, I'll do my little spiel um you can find if you don't mind at facebook just chuck in if you don't mind to the facebook search bar uh instagram we are if you don't mind podcast you can contact the show um on if you don't mind podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or what you would like to be on the show i'm definitely looking for for some new guests for the end of this season so please shoot me a message if you, you're interested um and anyone who has contacted me i'm getting to it i've just been a little bit slammed as of late but don't worry i haven't forgotten um and if you would like to review the podcast and you have iTunes you can go and review give us a five star review that would be really nice thanks and if you want to support the podcast financially uh you can find us at Patreon and become a patron um for as little as $2 a month which is like half a coffee a month which is pretty cool um and it allows me to keep doing this without going broke <laughs> Be kind to yourselves, be kind to one another and yeah, take any chance you can to listen to someone else's story because it will make a difference in your life. I promise you that. Cheers.